Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. We find ourselves this morning in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. If you brought a Bible, please pull it out and turn to that location. Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. This is speaking of Jesus in verse 14. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of the demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges." But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him and takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil... Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. In your bulletin this morning, there's a note guide. If you'd like to pull that out and use it, uh, this would be a great time to do that. Now, this is one of the accounts in Luke where um, determining the exact location and time and surrounding events are not easily determined. It's not impossible. It's just not handed to us. It's not easy. And since those things really are not the meat of the matter that we're looking at here today. We'll just, I'm just going to leave that to your personal study, and you can look that up and see if you can determine where and when and what were the surrounding events around this particular account uh, from Luke. But we're going to spend our time today on the meat of the matter uh, because that's where we need to be. Now, as we begin with verse 14, what we find is this, that it is clear that Jesus has come in contact with a man who is possessed by a demon spirit. This is nothing new. We've seen this already uh, before several times. But on this particular occasion and with this particular man, the demon that was possessing him manifested himself through the man by taking away the man's ability to speak. And Jesus recognized the source of this man's problem and uh, for his own purposes decided that he would uh, relieve this man of the problem. And so he intervened and he cast the demon spirit out. One of the things that I believe is very clear in the text is that when Jesus cast out this demon, it was done in public view. It was right out in the middle of the street, right out in the middle of the public square. There were people gathered around, and they witnessed with their own eyes and ears uh, what took place. They knew, the people of this 
community knew this man, and they may not have known that he was possessed by an evil spirit, but they knew that he did not have the ability to speak, and they knew that that was a problem. Uh, They didn't understand why, but they understood that it was a problem. And so here we have Jesus casting this demon out, and all of a sudden, the man who had not been able to speak starts talking. You can imagine if your mouth had been sewn shut for a long time, especially some of you, if that got loosed, woo I mean, we would be in for a real flow of words. Amen? Some of you already do that anyway. So do I. All right? But they saw this. Now, one would think that to witness such an undeniable, miraculous act would engender a community-wide celebration where people would literally be falling all over themselves and over each other trying to get close to Jesus, trying to hear what he has to say, trying to benefit from his miraculous power. You would think that that would be what would happen. But in this particular instance, that was not the case. As we come to verses 15 and 16, we find that instead of glorious celebration over this man being uh, made whole, Uh, there was widespread skepticism. Now, let's be clear about the skepticism and what it was about. No one was skeptical that a miracle had been done. No one was skeptical about that. They knew something supernatural had just occurred, and there was no argument about that issue. What was... uh, up for argument was uh, where did the power to release this man from his malady, where did it come from? Now, they all saw that the power came through Jesus. He was the physical manifestation of that power, and they could not deny that. But what they were worried about or concerned about is what is the, what is the power that is at work in him. What or who is the power that is at work in him to generate this deliverance? Now, as we look at the text, there are two groups that rise up uh, from the masses who were there observing. There were those who clearly had already made up their mind, and it was not really negotiable. It was not discussable. They had an opinion, and they were going to voice it. And then there was another group who, um, they were perhaps wavering a little bit. Uh, They were skeptical for sure, but they weren't ready to jump all the way over the cliff. If certain criteria would be met, then perhaps they would take a stand uh, with Jesus in a very positive way. Verse 15 identifies those whose minds were made up. And their minds are, you can see that their minds are made up by the fact that they bring forward an accusation. They bring forward an accusation that Jesus is an agent of Satan. Imagine that. They bring forth a public accusation that Jesus is an agent of Satan. And they say that his power comes from Beelzebul. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with that term... Uh, Beelzebul was one of the names that the Jews had for Satan. And the Jews believed that Satan was the ruler over the demons. 
uh, that particular word, Beelzebul, or Beelzebub, depending on uh, its variation, uh, means Lord of the Flies. It also can be interpreted Lord of Dung. Have you ever noticed that on the farm, those two kind of go together? (laughs) You're out walking among the sheep or the goats or the the cattle, and you find those pies, right? Those are not to be thrown or eaten or anything else, right? Uh, But you find those, and around them are what? Hordes of flies, right? And this name, Beelzebul, originated from the word Baal-zebul. B-A-A-L, Baal, Zabul, which means prince of Baal. Now, perhaps you'll recognize Baal as one of the false gods of the Canaanites. We see that throughout the Old Testament. He was also the chief god of the Philistine city, Ekron. And so this is the nefarious accusation. How many of you looked up the word nefarious? Okay, he did. Nobody else? Y'all all knew, right? Okay, well, I'll just leave it at that then. This is the nefarious accusation being leveled at Jesus. While some in the crowd were shouting, Hosanna to God on high for the possessed man's deliverance, others were saying that God on high had nothing to do with this. This is the work of Beelzebub through his agent, Jesus. That's what they're saying. Now, verse 16 identifies another group who have already said were wavering a bit. They were not ready to throw up their hands and say, Hosanna to God most high, but nor were they ready to jump on board and say, Jesus is an agent of Beelzebub. Instead, they thought, you know, we'll test him. Let's put him to the test. And so they ask him to perform a sign from heaven. I want to make sure that you understand that when they asked for that, I mean, he had just shown them a miracle, right? He had just cast out this demon and this man who could not talk, now all of a sudden is yakking his head off. And it's obvious that something miraculous has happened. But they weren't looking for that. They weren't looking for a feeding of the 5,000. They weren't looking for water being turned to wine. Here's what they wanted. They wanted to see some kind of supernatural action that could clearly be observed coming out of the heavens and doing something among them. That's what they're asking for. And to that I say, how blind would one have to be? How cold and hard-hearted, how unbelieving, how insane would one have to be to level such an accusation at Jesus to suggest that he is an agent of Beelzebub, but also then say, well, we're not quite sure, but we'll believe if you do something that can clearly be seen coming out of the heavens. And we wonder how anyone could say such things. But we need to understand this truth point, truth point number one. Darkness runs deep, and scorn for the holy is pent up in the unbelieving heart. It's a fact that darkness, spiritual darkness, 
inability to see clearly what is right in front of your face that is coming from the grace of God. That darkness runs deep in the human soul. And in that soul that is so darkened, there is pent up a certain amount of scorn, can we say even rage, against that which is holy. Let me tell you, I believe with all my heart that as we continue through this crisis, as we continue to see other crises loom on the horizon, we're going to begin to see that become public in our own world. So don't be shocked if and when a politician or if and when a a, a rock star or a movie star or just your next door neighbor begins to say things that would just shock the socks off of you and you would wonder how in the world could they say such a thing against God, but you will, I guarantee it, you will hear it. Let me also warn you that but for the grace of God, you would be right there beside them. Does that offend you? You see, the only difference between you and the darkness that is reigning in other people's hearts is that the light of Jesus Christ has come to be shine upon your heart. It's not because you were smart. It's not because you were witty. It's not because you had some kind of natural ingrained righteousness. We all come from the same dark stock. And but for the grace of God, we would be blaming God for things that ought not be blamed, and we would be cursing against him rather than blessing his name the way we have done here this morning. So remember that, and don't allow pride to find a place in you, because but for the grace of God, we all would be right there with them. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.